0: Welcome to 1951 Down Place, the home of Hammer Films discussion. Each month, our hosts Casey, Derek and Scott take a look at the film catalogue of the legendary Hammer Films production, one picture at a time. Covering everything from the famous Hammer gothic horror films to their science fiction films, their thrillers, their film noirs and comedies, this podcast will offer critical opinion, production notes and historical facts about the films
1: that make Hammer great. Make yourself comfortable, have a cup of tea, and welcome to 1951 Down Place. The Masters of Horror present the Masterpieces of Horror. Ah! The ultimate in evil and desire. Frankenstein, Monster and Madness. Frankenstein created woman. Who am I? A beautiful woman with the soul of the devil. Ah! And in the same double shark program, absolute in terror, the mummy's shroud, warning to every creature of flesh and blood. Beware the beats of the cloth-wrapped feet. Beware the mummy shroud. Ah, I I see dead. Dead a thousand years. Now he lives and breathes to avenge an ancient curse. To strangle the living. Raise the dead. And prey upon human flesh. Remember, they're together, the ultimate in evil, and the absolute in terror. Don't miss this gruesome twosome in color by Deluxe from 20th Century Fox.
0: Welcome to 1951 Downplace, everybody, and yes, I know you normally hear Derek's voice at this time, but unfortunately, uh, Derek can't be with us this month as uh, his uh, grandmother has passed away and had to spend time with the family, so it's just going to be Casey and I today, and we're going to cover some uh, feedback that we've been neglecting. How are you doing this morning, Casey?
2: I'm doing pretty good, Scott. How are you?
0: Oh, not too bad. Um, As we said, we're not going to cover a movie this month uh, because... It wouldn't be right without uh, Derek, and I know how much he was looking forward to covering the evil of Frankenstein.
2: Yeah, and we were thinking about turning it into a Joni Loves Chachi uh, episode, but, you know, we can't leave Derek out of that either.
0: I know how much he would love that. So So what we thought we would do is we got a couple of pieces of feedback to to cover that we've been neglecting. Uh, Plus, we have a couple other uh, announcements, uh, one of which is uh, we've been nominated for a Rondo Award.
2: Yes, it's been uh, it's pretty exciting for us. This is our second nomination, so we're going in there. And for Derek and I both, it's it's this time of year is always fun because for both of us, we've been, had uh, double nominations. Derek's been nominated for Monster Kid Radio as well, and I've been nominated for Bloody Good Horror, so it's fun to uh, be competitive against ourselves.
0: Well, congratulations on the Bloody Good Horror nomination. Thank you. Now, I'm... Not that familiar with the Rondo process. What if somebody wanted to vote for one of our podcasts? How would they go about doing that?
2: Um, the nom- nominations are posted online at the Rondo Awards uh, website. You can also find it at the Monster Kid Classic Horror Forum. The ballot is posted online and they have an email process that you go through. We'll post the link on the website at 1951downplace.com because it is kind of long. There's a, They don't have a good uh, handy URL for it. Uh, how to vote? All voting is by email only. Simply copy the ballot and send an email with your picks to Terico at AOL.com by Sunday night at midnight on May 5th. You can just cut and, and paste the, the ballot and let them know which ones are yours or just send him the uh, the entries that you'd like to vote for. We are nominated in category number... 23 best multimedia horror so even if you just wanted to vote for best multimedia H- horror you could do that by sending an email to terico at aol.com and let them know
0: and as casey said we'll make sure that all of that is uh, over at 1951 down place to try right. to get a little bit easier for you to try to remember all of that
2: and if you're not familiar with the rondo awards it's something uh, you might want to check out because they have a lot of great car- categories there's probably 30 or 40 different categories highlighting everything from websites to conventions to blog articles and magazine covers, magazines themselves out there to a whole world of uh, the fandom for classic monsters and horror. So you might find some good stuff out there if you go out there and take, take a glance through their uh, ballot. So we'll definitely post that link up.
0: And don't they also uh, cover major uh, horror releases as well?
2: Yeah, uh, they do. They do have a best movie category, which has got a lot of flicks in it, which is kind of funny looking back at. But uh, yeah, they don't narrow it down to a top five really. I see oh, over twenty flicks made it for the best movie of twenty thirteen. So there's lots of uh, stuff they're highlighting there. That
0: well, sounds like it's a great uh, source for just learning more about the horror genre in general.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good service there. So be sure to check it out.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for the, the nomination, everybody, because I think that uh, their nomination process is done by individuals uh, recommending different things. So, it is, to the, so we do. Thank you. Yes, thanks to the listeners out there that uh, nominated us. Well, Also, uh, this uh, month, we're going to cover a few pieces of feedback. Uh, first off, uh, i like to talk about a Facebook post that we got in our 1951 Downplace group over on Facebook uh, from Robert Renicky. And he was responding um, to our coverage of the Gorgon. And what he wrote was uh, that he didn't see a listing for the Gorgon, but he'd like to add a couple of thoughts. The romantic poets, especially Percy Shelley, no relation to Barbara, put forth the idea that it wasn't the ugliness of the Gorgon that turned men to stone, but the beauty, which also brought forth men's fascination to look upon the Gorgon. I think there's some of that in the play in this film, particularly in the fact that two men are battling over and attracted to Carla. There's a very real possibility that they don't strike down the Gorgon because they're emotionally incapable of destroying a figure that they're attracted to rather than physically incapable, which makes the decision not to use Barbara Shelley as the Gorgon all that more unfortunate. It's also clear that the female character holds the power in the film, that throne-like chair, for instance, or the fact that the men have to come up to her level in the castle— who's always persistent above them. Certainly we're used to Cushing and Lee portraying powerful characters in most Hammer films, but using a female as the most powerful figure in the film is certainly is a nice change of pace, and probably more significant in the Karnstein films where it's at least partially explorative and doesn't examine the use of the male gaze like the Gorgon does. It's also likely that this is Hammer's answer to Black Sunday, with the female monster in gothic setting pumped up to full Hammer intensity. And if so, it's a good one, even if the Gorgon design is not fully effective.
2: Those are really good points, especially the bit about uh, Hammer's answer to Black Sunday, because this did did come out around that same time, and it does have very much uh, the same feel with the prominence of the female character and everything like that. And it's pretty interesting, too, because I don't want to say I was blind to it or anything like that, but the... The way that they did position the the female, you know, Barbara's character in this movie above the men, where they had to go up to her castle to talk to her, and the way her throne was positioned, stuff like that, did show that the female was in power. I thought that that's a pretty good uh, element to pick up on and point out there. It kind of changes the f- the the feel of the movie a bit overall.
0: I also like the idea of the, uh, the Gorgon being a beautiful creature to look upon. I had never given that much thought. And that uh, would have been a really strong point if they had continued to use Barbara Shelley all the way through the film. And now I've not seen Black Sunday, so I can't compare it, uh, the Gorgon, to Black Sunday, but it sounds like one I may have to check out.
2: Ah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's right along that same vein. So I would definitely uh, suggest it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Robert. And like I said, uh, he, he wrote that over in our Facebook group. So if you uh, go into Facebook and do a search for 1951 Downplace, so you can join in the conversation over there.
2: Yeah, we're at 199 users. So if you want to be our 200th member of the group, uh, come join us. There's uh, generally every time we keep the group to uh, strictly about the Hammer News and everything like that, but we cover everything Well, we don't cover. it. It's you, the listeners, that uh, put, go out there and have good discussions about Everything Hammer, from the modern stuff to the classic stuff and everything in between. So definitely come join us if you want some uh, friends to nerd out over Hammer
0: flicks with. I know I've learned a lot from just uh, following the group and, and seeing the different things that have been posted over there, still being the Hammer newbie of the group.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. there's uh, We get a lot of good informa- info from uh, you listeners, too, that a lot of us don't pick up on or we don't catch online. So we catch a lot of good news stories and everything over there, too. So we appreciate that. And definitely come join us.
0: Well, the next uh, piece of feedback we got was from Clay McCormick, and uh, he wrote us, uh, which uh, our email address is podcast at 1951 com. And Clay wrote, hey, guys. First off, I'd like to thank you for picking some movies from Hammer that are more off the radar. It's made for some great movie watching. So I finally managed to get my hands on The Quatermass Experiment, and I can definitely see why it's one of John Carpenter's favorite movies. It had quite an edge on it for a 50s sci-fi flick, and definitely had some Lovecraftian elements to which I loved. As much as I liked it, however, I have to wonder why it's called The Quatermass Experiment, because I hated the character of Quatermass. Uh-oh, Derek's going to be disappointed when he hears that. <laughs> For the character with the movie named after him, he's probably the least interesting character in it. And at the end, I, unless I missed it, I don't even think you found out why he went to space in the first place or any of Quatermass's motivations. I know he's played by a different actor later, later on, so hopefully that makes him more engaging. But I thought he was a pretty forgettable character, especially with the iconic end shot they give him. I expected the events of the film to hinge on a little more than being more or less an ornery exposition machine. Looking forward to later <laughs> films, though, if I can manage to get them. That's a good point
2: that uh, Mass in the experiment is definitely a different Quatermass than the other films, and it does largely come down to the actor, I think. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say that uh, his experiment is is basically space flight in the film. Yeah. And everything else that happens in the film wasn't planned, so it's just him trying to investigate what's going on, and then trying to hunt down what has happened to one of the astronauts.
2: But, and I definitely, uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut in there. Sorry. Oh, that's okay.
0: But I can, I could definitely see why that uh, you see Quatermass as being a um, ornery exposition machine, which I really like because he, <laughs> he does handle that role very well in the film. Yeah. And I know as much as Derek really likes the character, I like the character later on in Quatermass in the Pit where it's played by different actors. so that's something to look forward to.
1: I'll fight this right at top level. I shouldn't. It came from there. It'll work out for the good of the group. And now, gentlemen, if you'll both excuse me, I have another meeting.
2: Yeah, I was. that's what I was going to say is definitely... Urged to, to urge Clay to push on to the other f- films because it is definitely a different Quatermass. And that I like the actor, other actor that plays Quatermass better myself, and the character gets more well rounded. But at the same time, then you can look back over all the films and look, take in the Quatermass of the whole. And it kind of, and the one that we don't like here, it's kind of fun to see how the character's grown and everything. So it helps the, the franchise as a whole develop.
0: Well, Clay moved on, and he talked about uh, Cash on Demand, which we all really enjoyed here. He writes, uh, As for Cash on Demand, I thought this movie was great. I personally didn't think it dragged at all. However, I do think they could have cut out some stuff, mainly some of the early scenes with the customers, the flirty stuff with the guy and the girl, stuff that wasn't directly related with Cushing's character or the plot, if they really wanted to tighten it up. I think the reason this stuff could be cut, though, plays into the ending. I agree with you guys that the ending doesn't quite work. It feels like there's a scene missing. But I think it's more than just a direct confrontation between Cushing and Morrell, or Cushing going to the party. I think it's a scene right after Cushing admits he's been had. When the police show up, there's a clear indication that all of the employees know what's going on, but are trying to keep things looking on the up and up. But there's no scene where they've been told what's happened. I think that if there was a scene where Cushing directly sees the kindness and understanding put forth by his employees, that would really cap off the Christmas Carol type of character change he undergoes, and makes the ending work a little better. After all, it's really not about the confrontation or battle of wits between Cushing and Burrell, because, let's face it, Cushing doesn't have much wits about him to battle in this, but it's more about what makes Burrell's character, makes Cushing realize about himself and the way he treats people around him. I think that this would make much more of a Christmas movie, more than it's just a movie that takes place at Christmas. Also, Anton Chekhov would have an aneurysm in this movie, as they very clearly showed you where there was a gun with the missing ammunition early in the film, but it never comes into play whatsoever. Incidentally, and maybe this is a huge reach, but I got a few shades of Die Hard from the film, especially the heist at Christmas time, (laughs) the cocky criminal, and a couple of different layers to his plan. And the line where Cushing accuses Morel of becoming a common thief, to which he gives a very similar to that of Hans Gruber, who says, I'm an exceptional thief. And I wonder if it was possibly in the back of the screenwriter's mind 25 some odd years later. Making the ending to Cash on Demand was missing Cushing diving off exploding roof wrapped in fire hoses. I have to <laughs> say I'm ready for the- <laughs> Now that's a scene I'd love to see. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, I was ready for Beethoven's night to start playing once Cushing got the safe open. But then again, I just really like Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for letting me talk your year off. Happy New Year and keep up the good work. Best, Clay.
2: I like, I like both of the ideas there uh, that he's got in mind for Cash on Demand and making it better. Mainly the jumping off the flaming roof with the fire hose. I think that would be pretty amazing. But I do like the idea of them uh, giving it more of a Christmas carol ending that I think that probably was what I was expecting to see at the end of cash demand was seeing Cushing's character become softer and realize the error of his ways, but we didn't really get the full payoff of that.
0: Yeah. I, I like the point that he makes about the rest of the staff at the bank, not uh, all of a sudden they seem to know what's going on. How did they find out? That's a, that's a good point. And I think that would have made the stronger tie to uh, the Christmas carol story. If by somehow them finding out is how Cushing kind of realizes, you know, it's his Christmas morning. He's, he's waking up, he's telling everybody some of the things that may, he may have done, you know, that happened. And also it ties into how he's wronged them throughout their careers or whatever.
2: Right. And then they could have topped it off by having that young guy that worked in the office, have his son come in on crutches <laughs> on Christmas ham. day. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I I still want to hear uh, uh, Peter Cushing with the line "Yippee Kaye, So,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd watch that. Oh, I would. I would watch the heck out of that film. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much, Clay. And one thing I wanted to, to let Clay know: we, we've kind of been sitting on this email for a couple of months because of other issues and timing and everything. So. I apologize that we had to do that, but appreciate uh, that you wrote in, Clay.
2: And as Scott said at the top of that, uh, you can always email us at podcast at 1951downplace.com and uh, send us your emails if you'd like to share your thoughts on any of the movies we're covering. We love
0: to hear them. And we've got one more um, piece of feedback, and this is a voicemail from uh, Richard in Wichita.
3: Hey, guys, this is Richard from Wichita. I just wanted to touch base and let you know that I am loving the show. I have been doing a 1951 Downplace Marathon this week because I had not listened to an episode since September, and that was because I wanted to watch Scream of Fear before I listened to the October episode, and I just got around to that this past week. So now that I'm all caught up, you guys have just been knocking it out of the park. You know, I've got some Hammer films. I think you've mentioned a couple of them that are on my kind of top of my wish list. I've got them in my collection. I just haven't had time to watch them. But uh, The Nanny with Betty Davis, Uh, Hysteria from 1964, I picked that up on videotape, Uh, The Man Who Could Cheat Death, The Horror of Frankenstein from 1970 with Ralph Bates, Uh, Shadow of the Cat, I know that's one that you guys mentioned. But I think all of those have now been kind of pushed aside because I loved Cash on Demand, and now I think I'm going to have to just work my way through the rest of the movies on that box set that I've had for years, and now I'm really loving some Hammer suspense and thriller i love the hammer horror films but uh thriller is a whole nother category that i'm i'm absolutely loving and i will be watching sword of sherwood forest with peter cushing before you guys cover that so guys loving the show take care and we'll talk to you soon
0: and now richard from wichita is um even one of my better uh, uh favorite fans because he liked uh scream of fear <laughs>
2: I do got to say, though, when we first got your uh, voicemail, when we first got Richard's voicemail, we got the uh, Google Translate version of it, which was even more entertaining um, because we all really want to see the movie Scream of Beer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was so funny because uh, Derek responded back uh, to the two of us when I sent the the Google Translate saying, Google Translate, go home, you're drunk. And I wrote back (laughs) that he was watching Scream of Beer. (laughs)
2: Yeah, this Google Translate of uh, Richard's uh, voicemail starts out with, "Hey guys, this is Richard from Wichita. I just wanted to touch base, let you know that I am 11 the show <laughs> I have been doing and <laughs> I have been doing in 1951 down place marathon this week because I had not listened to an episode since S E N S E of course. <laughs> it's good times."
0: <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for for coming back, Richard, and uh, running that marathon. I don't know if I could listen to myself uh in a marathon that many episodes went back to back, but I'm glad you, uh, you got uh, caught up and uh, got to check out uh, scream of fear. Glad you, that you, uh, glad you liked it.
2: I'm glad that we could be uh, held responsible for uh, urging you on to watch the rest of the movies in your box set and whatnot, because we've been enjoying being able to uh, experiment around the fringes of the hammer catalog and getting into stuff that most, a lot of us, you know, that Derek and I haven't seen and Sky hasn't seen since he hasn't watched as much either. So it's been kind of fun for us to be able to get out there. So if we can urge you guys on to watching other stuff that you haven't possibly caught, too, it makes us feel special. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as he mentioned, uh, he did uh, Richard did watch Cash on Demand as well and enjoyed that. Uh, he's touched on both uh, Cash on Demand and uh, Scream of Fear on his blog over at Monster Movie Kid. And if you head to our site, uh, you'll find a link to his his blog at the bottom of our page, uh, the Monster Movie Kid blog. And uh, he gives us a shout-out um, on both of those to uh, for our coverage, so we really appreciate that as well, Richard.
2: Yeah, he goes into some really good uh, detail, too, on his reviews, so it's definitely yeah, fun to dig through there and get some Get some, uh, some other views on the movies and whatnot because I definitely pay- he picked up on a couple things that I missed, so it was fun to go through there and dig through.
0: So thanks for listening, Richard. And um, now if you wanted to call in your thoughts to our show, uh, you can uh, call us at area code 765-203-1951. Uh, it's a three-minute length because it is a Google Voice number, and they cut you off at three minutes, and it's a hard cutoff. They'll just basically hang up, so... Uh, Keep that in mind if you're going to call in. Uh, You can always record your own MP3 if you have the um, tools to do that, and then send that to podcast at 1951downplace.com, which is our website, 1951downplace.com, where you can uh, learn about the the past episodes that we've covered and our upcoming films uh, in the episode link.
2: Uh, To wrap things up here, speaking of our upcoming episodes, uh, with this special episode and being uh, pushing everything off this month with to deal with that garrick's family stuff we're going to be
0: adjusting the schedule here for 1951
2: down place for the rest of the year
0: now we are still going to cover evil of frankenstein we're just going to move that to next month and then i'm going to go through and reorganize basically everything is probably going to slip back a month but uh, we want to make sure that the listener pick month still falls in july and then Derek and my birthday month still work and I want to make sure that we've got a horror movie from October so you can check out 1951downplace.com at the top of the page is the episode list and you'll see um, what we've already covered and what we've got coming up but like I said we are still going to cover Evil of Frankenstein next month
2: yeah so so we'll be still covering the same movies they're just going to happen a little bit later or might happen in a different month than we have listed but we will definitely get that updated for you
0: just a special shout out to Derek. Um, we miss you and uh, we we'll look forward to having you back next month uh, to dive into another Frankenstein film. Indeed. Condolences, Derek. So thanks for listening, everybody. I know this is kind of a short episode for us and uh, we appreciate uh, your patience and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled episodes and uh, style next month. Until next time, folks, bye bye. And remember, Joni loves Chachi.